Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, where we're doing another five-part series, Interview a Nerd. And this nerd this time is our CEO and co-founder and senior web developer, Jason Davis. Howdy, Jason. Hey. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do the howdies. I stay away from that. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. I, just, see how I incorporated it, though? Yeah. I was like, howdy. Howdy. It's like a howdy after, like, you know, doing, smoking a little something. It's like, <laughs> howdy. Howdy. I'm very relaxed right mm-hmm. now on a Friday. It's just weird. <laughs> this is very weird. It's like the it's, it's like a freaky Friday. Yeah, it is. Like where's we, the button? Where's the button that goes the doo 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 doo? Oh crap! You know, I did put the label thing on here. Look at that. I just mm-hmm. didn't number any of them. Oh, see, that's for me for putting the label. And that there, one. There we go. There you go. Welcome <laughs> to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> what does this one do? Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't want that one. Yeah, we don't want one of those. <laughs> the bottom two. Stay away from. <laughs> the bottom two is a bads. Yeah. All right, so we'll kick us off with uh, some questions here. So can you tell us about your journey in becoming a web de- developer and how your expertise in WordPress has kind of prepared you for this role? I heard a little bit about, but feel yeah. free to yeah. um, tell the audience. Well, back in the day in 2008, um, which quite literally 2008, when everything kind of collapsed in the housing market, I was in engineering. And uh, at that time, nobody wanted to build anything anymore. So I was building capital equipment for the automotive industry, giant, mm-hmm. giant vacuum filters as big as a building. Wow. And their job was to, uh, the, the taillights on your vehicle would get pressed out on a machine, but that machine runs on hydraulic fluid. Mm-hmm. So all the scraps and itty bitty pieces have to be filtered out to be recycled through the machine so it doesn't gunk up the machine that produces the parts. Mm-hmm. So it's a part of a whole manufacturing. So I did the schematics and the pieces on that. Um, and all of a sudden there was like a $30 million backlog from General Motors. Disappeared overnight. Um, we also had a CFO that unfortunately um, broke the law, and the feds were in the parking lot a lot <laughs> and showed up. And I was like, Jiminy Christmas, this is a sign. Mm-hmm. And of course, we got laid off, and, and um, you know, housing collapsed. And then I kind of was involved in a, a church plant. And they, the, the pastor was like, Why don't you make websites for churches? And naively, I thought that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did that for a little bit, and I started getting a taste for it. And I was like, this has got to be easier than hand-coding everything. Mm-hmm. And then I found WordPress. And so it was kind of happenstance, because at the time, there was three other content management systems on the market. When it, you met WordPress, was it was it love at first sight? No, it wasn't. It was hate. <laughs> it, it was just pure hate and not understanding how it works, because you just put files on the server, and then they go, and then there's your website. Mm-hmm. WordPress is more of an installation. It's more of a process. It's a database. It's dynamic. It's not a static file or piece of paper basically it's it's something that can modify and change and it's a whole other system mm-hmm. but in about you know two or three years of kind of doing that a few other things um because the you know the recession lasted all the way through 2012 almost mm-hmm. it took a while for the economy to bounce back so throughout that time i was working and also freelancing um but i mean i mean i figured out how to build a theme from scratch and started working on plugins and realized that you know, this is a, it actually will make you money if you know how to use it and you, mm-hmm. you don't try to like morph it into your vision of how it should be coded and just use it as it is and focus on themes and the external pieces. So that's kind of how I got into that proper development standards. I'm self-taught. So I would, I didn't go to school for any of this. Mm-hmm. And see that itself is just very impressive. Cause I, when I look, whenever I started just, you know, making 
very slight modifications on WordPress. Like I'm like, I don't want to broke break the things. Well, see, and you're on the side of WordPress that is the piece that I built out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the guy that actually goes in and does what you and John do. I'm the mm-hmm. guy that built the thing that allows you and John to do what you do. Mm-hmm. So if there's a button on the back end that isn't part of WordPress core and you're like, oh, that's neat. Like in our theme, if you title a page, that's the title that appears on the page file on the front end mm-hmm. for the user. At the bottom, there's two extra fields. One says heading and one says subheading. The heading replaces the heading in WordPress. So the title of the page can say about, but what if you want to say about NerdBrand? So mm-hmm. you can type in about NerdBrand and it swaps it out. That's not WordPress. That's JSON. That's my theme that does that. That's mm-hmm. coded by me in order to do that. And then the subtitle is a secondary heading that pops in underneath it. That's also me. So I'm the guy that builds the interfaces on the back end for the features and functions that happen on the front end of your theme. Mm-hmm. So that's what front end development is. And I know how to code WordPress, which is WordPress has its own function calls, but it's all rooted in PHP. So the trick of WordPress is get to know core, get to know how it's built. And then you can kind of see like it's not as magical as you think. Mm -hmm. And it's commented very well by the developers. And, you know, the average community of four to seven hundred people are involved in every new release. So I had a lot of folks I could ask questions to. Mm hmm. Uh, and that's just kind of how it started from there was building an agency from that. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding how things are made, the engineering background and that is kind of what led me to where I'm at today. It's just like anything else. You, you, you figure out how to build something or how to do something and then, you know, you do it, you wire it up. I feel like that's a, it's a part of your brain though. Cause I'm dating a civil engineer and mm-hmm. he's very analytical in that way too. Yeah, like yeah. he, if there's a task, he will be so determined to finish it and find, and if he's not very affluent on it, uh-huh. like doesn't really know a lot of the knowledge, he will learn it. And so he can yeah. get it done. There's a great joke out there. It's like civil engineers keep all the other mechanical engineers civil. Get it? <laughs> no, nope, that's not the sound. I was going for the laughter. There we go. Yeah. Say, thanks hey. for saying that. Now he's going to be very angry yeah. in a couple weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. He likes to listen, and we like. I like to pick up. We like to tease each other. Um, I wanted to be a civil engineer. I was going to do. It was a company that worked on. Uh, my part would have been just like where light, like telephone poles went. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a three a.m. to you know in the morning kind of job, like very very third shift type job year, mm-hmm. years and years ago. But mechanical is just kind of where I ended up. Gotcha. See, that seems like he because it's a struggle for him to get up in the morning. So maybe I'm like, maybe you should work like third shift. Maybe that's your your uh, driving hour because that's how my best friend. She's a night nurse, and that's mm-hmm. she thrives at night. In the morning, she's like, I can't fathom anybody, or I can't fathom myself waking up at five a.m. to go to work and uh, like a ten to twelve hour shift. She's like, yeah. absolutely not. Um, speaking kind of more on uh, WordPress, um. Of course, it's been quite some time in 2008 since you first started utilizing the tool. Uh, What sort of evolutions have you noticed with it as you've (laughs) used the platform? So when I got started with it, everybody loves to go into WordPress and you have this drag and drop tool to build out your menu on Mm -hmm. your website. That did not exist until about 2010. I used to have to write PHP code every... Everything in WordPress has an ID associated with it in the database, so... Your home page may be page ID one, mm-hmm. uh, about number two, uh, image that you just uploaded, ID three, menu item is ID four, category of a blog post is five. Well, back in the day, if you added a page or a category, it automatically popped into the menu, which is maddening. Mm-hmm. So I had to go in the template file and say exclude category ID four, whatever the category or page was. I didn't want to show up in the menu. 
And yeah, it was that. So <laughs> I I was hand coding a lot of the custom post types is what I call them. They're called custom content types now. They have different names. Basically, you get two content types. You get post and pages. That's it. That comes out of the box. Pages are what your blog posts are and pages are posts are. Pages are static dynamic, pseudo dynamic, actually, mm-hmm. pages. Um, everything is a post in WordPress. So the word post is used a lot. You'll see it everywhere. And it confuses, it confuses people. Mm-hmm. They think blog posts. I know. on Because using that, because uh, I upload blog posts for some mm-hmm. of our uh, B2C clients, and they use Shopify. Right. So I'll yeah. just put in the search bar, like add blog posts and just hit that. Yeah. Uh, whereas on WordPress, you just have to know the terminology on what area to go in order yeah, to edit it, the, it's, the content. It's just a way to organize content. And that's what makes it. And finally, when it got the drag and drop system for navigation, it became a full content management system mm-hmm. and not just something for blogging. Um, Washington post, New York times use it. Actually, uh, the Walt Disney company is run by WordPress um, at one time, Uber was run by WordPress. It kind of ran a blended environment, actually, uh, of WordPress and then uh, a front-end, headless front-end. That's a whole other thing. Uh, but yeah, my role as senior developer, it still exists in the company because there's a lot of um, developers out there that have never been or never had any guidance. So my job is very much like Mitch's, but in web. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily doing it or coding it. I've said before to people that if I was to hand code a navigation on a site, I'd probably have it done in under a minute. Somebody that's not had much experience or new at it may take them an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to understand hierarchy of things, how to nest things in code. But with WordPress, you also have to know page template hierarchy, which is a whole other thing. Otherwise, things just don't work as well as they you expect them to. And people immediately think, well, that's WordPress is broken or something's wrong with it. And mm-hmm. like, no, you, you skipped a step or four. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a codex that you have to look at and guide you through that. And the biggest change I've noticed is that codex, uh, getting it cleaned up. It was a very confusing place. It kind of still is in some, in some respects, but you just didn't have as much guidance as you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing when we need occupies 35% of websites online and as far as a CMS market share, it's 65, 67% market share. Squarespace and Wix have maybe about 1% market share. So, wow. yeah, I mean, that's that's why when people are like, well, what what competes with WordPress? And I'm like, not really anyone. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like why you don't, it's why you don't see a Chevy commercial for a Corvette. Mm-hmm. You don't need to. You know what it is. But here's a Silverado over and over and over and over and over. All oh, your junk. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what are some of the uh, most challenging projects you've had or uh, like maybe even roadblocks, if you will, while working with WordPress and um, and how did you overcome them? So the most one of the most challenging was is working with other developers that have their own idea on how something should be done because they're trying to build it on the back end for users. But they ended up building a confusing thing. The rule about WordPress is when I'm building a site for it, I'm not. It's not design. I don't do design. Mm -hmm. What I do is I look at the back end and I go, how can we organize content so people aren't confused about where things are? If you open up your WordPress administration panel and you look at all your pages and there's 50 pages, you know what I mean. You're trying to find the page you want to edit. Mm -hmm. Well, some of those pages shouldn't be pages. Some of those pages should be a calendar event. Some of them should be segmented off into other content types that could be custom made. I used to code those by hand, those arrays in PHP. That's a nightmare. Now it's a plug-in. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's uh, the challenging one was probably Pet First. Uh, Pet First was a project in collaboration with another agency, and it was just a nightmare. And this is like several years ago, so I'm pretty sure I could probably talk about it. But because um, that agency is not really in business anymore, I don't think. Um, but 
yeah, I didn't work for them, but I was called in to help with the WordPress piece to code or, or to theme the code that another person wrote. And I'm like, I can actually do both. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't know that. They kind of thought, well, this person's going to write HTML and you're going to write WordPress. And I'm like, well, you don't write WordPress. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. These are template files. There's one template file that runs all the pages. I just need to know what instance of a page you want me to have to execute on in order for it to work. The same thing we did with Hanover College. It's mm-hmm. runs two different template files. They pick on the back end which one they want to show to display on the front and then how they edit the content, you know, let's be warmed and filled and have a nice day. That's your job at the end of it. Not you, Michaela, but, you know, they're Hanover. <laughs> I will have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will have a nice day. You don't have to mess with it. But it was built in that way for them to use it so it made sense so they knew what they were adding and what was going to happen when they clicked the button that said publish or save or you know, there has to be that, that that's done. And so, but with Pet First, it was a challenge because me and the other developer didn't really get along and he wanted a really complex system. I printed out probably 40 files of page, 40 pieces of documents for pages, like 40 different things. Half of them were funnel pages, which, yeah, that can make sense. But mm-hmm. how do you have 20 pages? Everything was unique from page to page to page, the design. And you don't really want to do that. You want to kind of, Try to reuse as much as you can in mm-hmm. design. Be consistent. Yeah, it keeps things consistent. You know, you get too willy-nilly on each and every single page, like in 20 pages. Mm-hmm. People have a hard time figuring out what page I'm on. That's when you need the the breadcrumbs. But even at that point, they're still, they're so far into your site. Like, I don't know, it's like getting lost trying to find treasure and treasure map doesn't have an X on it. Mm-hmm. That's to find me treasure. <laughs> um, so... You're also, not only are you senior web developer, you're also CEO of NerdBrand. Uh, how do you create that balance of responsibility as the developer and the leader of the company? Because I know it can be quite cumbersome sometimes, I'm sure. Yeah, it kind of depends on the project. Like, there's things that come along that I know I can just get done, get out of the way, and y'all don't need to mess with it. So the PowerWork uh, website was one of those for the networking group that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to knock that out pretty quickly. I was able to rebuild Cedar Lake um, and their site very quickly. Um, cause it was having instability issues for them to market with. Um, by no means was it easy, uh, but it would have been way more expensive to just hire somebody and, and it wasn't a full custom job. So it didn't have to go through all the steps and phases mm-hmm. that you want to go through for web. So everybody knows what page you're on and how far you are into it, not the, the website, but just the project. And so from a project management perspective, I don't, build websites if it's a full project. I stay out of that. Mm-hmm. My role is strategy in the web. Like somebody comes to me and says they want to build a project for e-commerce. Well, I sit there and I go like, okay, well, you're going to need more funnel pages. You're going to need more functionality in regards to, let's say, example, abandoned cart. Uh, what email platform are you going to run on that to capture information for orders and things like that so you can remarket to them? Um, that would be with me. And then I give that to John and we just have that documented now to science and we just, I don't really have to mess with it as much. Mm -hmm. I have a theme that I've used since 2010. I don't have to modify it. I've had to make updates a couple of times because of WordPress and its editor changes from a static editor to Gutenberg, which is block driven. That's a whole other thing. Um, but other than that, it runs about 90, 90 WordPress sites because it has an API. So I can literally go and check the API and I can see for all those listening, if you're wondering if I did your theme, I know if I did or not, uh, because it's it's built in. It's my theme, and it's running, and you can't take my name out of it. Plus, I've Easter egged a few things in there, so if they try to do that. I know. I know who you are. Oh yeah, yeah. Every coder has his own way, and I have mine. 
That's funny. So uh, what strategies do you employ to ensure like that effective communication and collaboration goes between um, the development team and other departments within our agency, like myself and accounts and Mitch and uh, creative? Uh, stay the heck out of areas that I'm not good at. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I kind of knew the answer to that one, but I wanted to ask anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of times, like with Jonathan, um, Jonathan's very tactical. He kind of wants to know what do you want me to do, and, and if he gets really stuck, I step in and I say, well, this is what we're going to do. Um, but after that, I kind of walk away because um, mm-hmm. he kind of knows, like, okay, I just need, like, the big pieces. One, two, three, done. And, mm-hmm. and if I provide him that piece, yeah. it's with you and him. It's like a nudge almost. Like, yeah. it's like you're you're the grandfather that actually puts the swimmies on the child rather yeah. than just, like. Yeah, and then I throw pull, you in the pool and yeah, I laugh. Yeah, then, then throw you in the pool. <laughs> they don't just throw you in willy-nilly without yeah. a flotation device. Like, figure it out. Like, yeah. you're not like that. You, yeah. you offer that guidance. Yeah. Honestly, that's a perfect analogy. I have to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't throw you in the pool and go like, no, 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 head, head up, not feet mm-hmm. up. You're going to drown. Feet down. <laughs> Do- doggy paddle. Yeah. Doggy yeah. paddle. Doggy paddle's fine as long as you get to the edge. I don't care. Just don't drown. Um, how do you uh, handle sp- situations when clients have specific design or functionality requests uh, for their site um, and how that may conflict with like your interests or your uh, best practices that you utilize through WordPress? Yeah, um, if it's a complex website process or build, uh, John immediately has me at the table. He kind of knows that. Mitch does too, so do you. So, you know, and I think you guys know what to listen for when they start asking for really like slightly complex, like if this, then that. Mm -hmm. If this happens, I want that to happen next. And that's a rule. Uh, The trick is you write it out like people think we do magic as developers. We actually write it out like you would. Mm Mm-hmm. If a user does X, I want user to do this next. We it's like it. noting all the automations. Yeah, so we write yeah. it out in plain English on a tablet, and then we go code it. Mm-hmm. And then we test that code. And then we yell at ourselves. And then we yell at the <laughs> mirror. And then we yell at things. And then we sleep. And then we wake up in the morning and go like, oh, I left a comma out. <laughs> it's literally like that. I thought you were going to say we're going to yell again. I was no, like, sometimes, we, sometimes we do. I mean, but we're not mad at people around us. We're mad at ourselves because we're like, damn it, why can't we figure this out? Mm-hmm. Um, my rule is always to tell developers, if you've been chewing on something for half an hour and you can't figure it out, put it down. Go do something else. Take a nap. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Step away. You're, you're not, not solving a case. You're not a detective. You're that's creating, on the, you're creating more problems. Problems. Yes. Um, my philosophy is don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. I probably know what the problem is, but as a senior dev, I can't always go in and fix it because then what do you learn? You need that. I know what it's like to have that joy of solving an issue. Mm-hmm. And if I can just nudge enough without looking like I'm taking credit for that and you get it and you do that, that's great because that benefits me later and the entire team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that answered the question or not, but it's like, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah, it's just years of doing it and managing people and teams, and that's it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's knowing when to step away. Yep. We like that you acknowledge that at times, too, because I feel like some leadership that I've had in the past, it's like somebody is creeping over your so- shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's not the best tactic. It's a little micromanagey, and it just doesn't give you the sufficient amount of time to get whatever it is that they've appointed you to get done or your other supervisor to get done. So we appreciate that. Well, that, yeah. And John and I, we like John wants to sometimes have way too much processes. And we'll get into that when we interview him. 
but some, you know, he goes a little, I'm, I'm more of like just enough to get it done because Mitch and I are, are in alignment on, you need a lot more room for margin and for growth and for creativity. So, but that's the balance that nerd brand has is between the three of us. We don't really agree, but we agree enough that it works because we know where the middle is. And mm-hmm. if that is faulty, then none of it works, regardless mm-hmm. which way you decide to take or which path you go down. Yeah, we compromise and people yeah. always have, I, I don't like when people add a connotation yeah. or negative connotation to co- the word compromise. Because I'm like, you're not going to collaborate and agree on everything. No, no. A compromise is a common ground where you both just give in a little bit and yeah. accept certain parts of what. Yeah, you want yeah. in the agreement. Yeah, a good example of that is like people like nerd. I think John wants to educate a lot about what we do online. Mm-hmm. Mitch wants to be more philosophical with what we say on a website. And I'm like, here's a heading. It says a funny thing. And then here's an example picture. And that's it. Because I know people read. They don't read. They see before they read. Mm-hmm. And they'll read headings and they skim. They don't really read the paragraph. So I don't get too worked on to the, what's in the paragraph as much. Or if as they, they are reading the paragraph, they're looking for certain words. Yeah, because I know how people use sites. Mm-hmm. It, they're very habitual and they haven't changed in years. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody thinks like, oh, everybody reads from top to bottom. No, they read in an F pattern sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because we're left to right margin in America, right? Merca. Mm-hmm. I don't have a sound for that and I'm not going to try to find it. I guess we could do like a clapping, very patriotic <laughs> clap. Like, do the sound. I want to do the sound of an eagle and just put it on there being like, ee, ee. <laughs> Then everybody be like, what's with the raven? I'm like, never mind. No, <laughs> oh, man, it's not a raven. Um, and last question here. Can uh, can you describe a situation where you had to troubleshoot a complex issue in a word site, website <clears throat> or WordPress website, excuse me, and how you resolved it? Kind of ties into like the challenges yeah. thing, but a little bit more of like a... How yeah. did you solve this specific problem? There's there's actual steps you take to debug anything in, mm-hmm. in web. So in WordPress, if there's something that's like a page that was broken, so not to reveal who the client was, but they installed a plugin without clearing it with us because I know the plugin environments. And some of these plugins that I use, I have a, I have a list. You can actually find me on WordPress.com slash BatGeek, B-A-T-G-E-E-K. <laughs> BatGeek. Yeah, I've had that for years. So I'm actually at WordPress.com. Like I've done one contribution contributor to it i think for builds but i don't know i can't remember it's been a long time but anyway um there's certain plugins that i approve and i'm like okay this won't break anything well they installed a social media plugin for sharing those Mm -hmm. are very dangerous you got to watch them because there's a lot of third-party stuff happening let's put it that way and anyways it broke a page and the header disappeared and they're just like i don't know what happened so i had to start turning off plugins to figure out like which one is causing the break because i knew that's what it was but Mm -hmm. I've been doing this so long. I was like, I know which one it is. There it is. Popped it off, and then everything came back. And I'm like, don't do that one. Which one do you want? Um, I haven't had really a lot of complex issues to solve in in quite a while, to be honest with you, because of things like that. Because mm-hmm. I just, it's nothing's changed. Believe it or not, in ten years, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's always plugins. It's always, but it's the type of plugin and what they want to use it for. Um. And yeah, it's just following the debugging process in WordPress, which by the way, it's found on WordPress's codex. For those listening, you can look for it. Google WordPress debug process or something like that. Um, They've documented it very well. Step one through 10, whatever it is today. It's the same thing. And you know, when you go through it, it saves you a lot of time and headaches. Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing you should do is turn your theme off for the default thing. Don't do that first. Do that last because you could end up blowing special settings. If you have a commercial theme and it's got special content areas, 
widgets, for example, in a footer will disappear when you turn it back on because it doesn't really retain that because you've changed the template file. Gotcha. Yeah. So plugins are a little bit safer to turn off and turn on unless it's an e-commerce mm -hmm. plugin, then don't touch that. Um, that's where I would go in and look at the database and, and I've had to do that before and, and I know how to go in and look at the database and see what's going on to a certain degree and mm -hmm. Well, see, it seems like it's not quite the challenge because you know how to handle it, too, because I feel like yeah. you, you know how to handle it properly. I feel like certain people, if it's not something that occurs very often, then they're not going to know how to handle it. Like, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of like a life situation. Like if you have way too many negative life circumstances going on, like a parent's in the hospital, grandparents in the hospital, yeah. like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, yeah. That's not an experience that you go through all the time. Well, it's also like a, it's like if you hire an electrician and you say, I don't know why when I turn this light off, the, the stove stops running, you know, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. They know circuitry and they know how things are wired up in the box and everything so well in a house and how it should be wired up. They, they immediately can debug mm -hmm. that without really getting their hands dirty sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and, it, that just comes with experience. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Well, there you have it. That's our certified senior web developer and CEO. That wraps up this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast. Be on the lookout for another part of Interview a Nerd. Very excited to hear from the other nerds. And just remember, keep your nerd brand strong. We want to thank our listeners to this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast. You can check out this episode and future ones at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Or head Apple Podcasts or Spotify app and search for Nerd Brand and download and subscribe. We'll see you next week. And remember, keep your nerd brand strong.